ready. Hit it. Ready to cut through the BS and hear some ways to drive your business forward today? Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Biz Sprints Podcast with your host, know the name. Michael McMillan. Check it out. Everybody, welcome back to another week of Biz Sprints. This is Michael McMillan, and thank you so much for coming back for another week of tips and tricks to help drive your business forward. This week, we are going to have a very cool topic to actually talk about. This week, we're going to talk all about our needs analysis with our clients. So, I, I mean, if you go in your pipeline, I'm pretty sure it's probably sitting right there, front and center, usually near the middle somewhere. <laughs> and it's pretty specific and to the point of you know making sure that we're getting the exact needs and expectations from our clients to help us start you know glide pathing our way in to getting this deal closed. And I really wanted to hone in on that specific stage in most of our pipelines and give you guys some cool tips that I've picked up along the way and really give you guys an amazing tip and trick that I actually picked up literally just today actually from a great, great meeting I had. So with all that said, I, I figured we'd just kind of jump right into this. So today I had the pleasure of sitting down with a gentleman. His name is Chris Kelly. He is the president of a company called Advantu. I'm going to put their link on our website so you guys know how to get to hold these guys. So Chris's company, just to give you guys a little color and background here, Chris's company basically provides organizations who do software development, uh, if, you know, if you're software or not, but if you have do any software dev, his company comes in and will do everything from making sure it doesn't have any holes in it, you know, as far as, you know, do you guys got memory leaks? Do you have any problems with it? Do you guys have some mission critical things that are going wrong with it? All the way to if, you know, if you're doing like a code refactoring or just trying to get your code actually out for initial publish and delivery, making sure it actually happens on time and then helping provide you with the guidance to ensure that you can have those on-time deliveries and that really good steady pace of delivery from an agile or waterfall, whatever type of methodology you utilize, a hybrid, et cetera. But really making sure your software is solid. So really very knowledgeable guy, very brilliant man, actually, and just uh, really cool stuff to share with me today. I mean, him and I both, of course, share our passion for software and for technology. And it was really kind of cool just to kind of swap some stories with, you know, him and myself and just our organizations in a whole, just because it was funny at the end of the lunch, we we came to similar determination. We're like, okay, so we pretty much run the same company. You just do data and I just do sales. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was just a kind of cool thing that we came together on. But specifically, one of the points that he raised for me, which was, you know, it's funny is, is I think I, I've known this for a long time, but it's just, it's really cool to kind of think how he puts it in context, which is looking at how he evaluates needs for a company. And specifically, I loved how he categorized them. It's basically, think of this like a four square box. If you guys remember playing four square with the ball, it was pretty cool. I used to actually could go for a game and that'd be kind of cool. But um, so sorry, I digress. But, um, you know, the four quadrants, right? Starting in the top left corner, you would start with high risk, high probability, and then to the top right, which would be high impact, low probability, then bottom left, low risk, low probability, bottom right, low risk, low probability. And what this is, is basically the specific quadrants in which you would then lay out a project 
and or needs that you have for a project and understanding where do they fall, right? You know, where, if you were to lay this out, you know, are they, you know, high risk, high probability, are they high impact, low probability, et cetera, and lay out every single specific item into these four quadrants. And then basically from a stack ranking perspective, you take the top two, your high risk, high probability, high impact, low probability, and you focus on those. Everything in quadrants three and four, you basically get to when you can. But if you can just focus on one and two, you're going to end up producing the best results possible for your deliverable. And when he shared that with me, I, it really rung a bell with me. I, I, again, I'm going to, on our post, I'll make sure I give you guys a visual image of this just so you can see this. But like, it really struck a chord with me because I remember in so many sales deals I'd be working through and I'd be constantly, I'm always taking down the needs and taking down the expect, you know, what is the client saying that they're expecting us for this to do? And what are they hoping to get out of this? And I was always constantly taking that down and writing it fiercely down as much as I could in our CRM. And what was interesting is, is I never really took the time to really think about this, about laying this out in this manner, because it makes so much sense, Right. Because if you start laying out the needs of your client into these type of quadrants, and then you can really start to craft an amazing sale to them. But more than that, imagine the solution that you can start to craft after the sale is done. I mean, this is the holy grail of needs analysis, right? Going into your operations teams and project management teams, uh, you know, depending on what type of industry you're in, you know, if it's service-based, I mean, this is, again, the holy grail. But even if you're product-based, it's at least giving you a great guide to the expectations and needs of your client and allowing for you to see, is this something I'm going to be able to exceed the expectations of my client? Or is this something I may just maybe maybe squeak through? Or am I going to miss? And you know, maybe do I need to send the sales guy back in and maybe even resell this thing, right? It really is a great guide. And I will tell you, I... I told Chris, and I want to give him total credit, so I keep talking about him and his company here, but I told him straight out, I'm stealing this from him because it's amazing. <laughs> and uh, I want to share it with all you guys because seriously, in your pipelines, it's so important to when you are working through your pipeline and you're working through your sales stages, when you get to this needs analysis side of it, I will tell you there's so many salespeople I've worked with over the years who do not give the needs analysis the credit it's due. They don't really give it its time. They kind of just are like, ah, my notes are in there. Look at my emails, blah, 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 right? But they don't really give the time and respect that the needs analysis needs to have there. It really took me even a long time to understand how important that aspect of the pipeline is. And, and that's why I'm actually doing a whole podcast just on needs analysis because the discovery of your needs, right? And let's talk about what what we're doing here, right? So as I mean, many salespeople have this misconception that the needs are preconceived based upon the solutions which they deliver, right? So if you're a service-based company, let's say you're a call center, right? Well, the needs are customer service. Uh, it's pretty blatant, right? Well, not necessarily. When I was still selling call center outsourcing and specifically in customer service, I could tell you many a times my client didn't need my agents to provide customer service. Many times they had their own agents. Many times they were overstaffed. What they needed from me was a multitude of things, but many times it was simply 
they were looking for a higher class of service, right? A more lean service, maybe a service that could run at a higher performance ratio. So we could, you know, higher, higher utilization, higher occupancy that their team could then learn from and potentially adopt internally. That's a very different need than just needing customer service. Similar, when I was in software at my last mobile company, a company called FragMob here in San Diego, and with their mobile app technology, right, you know, what they supplied was a mobile app to expedite sales inside the direct selling world, right? But that the ability to expedite those sales is not maybe the need of the specific distributor in which we serviced. The need of the distributor could be a multitude of things. It could be training. It could be guidance. It could be understanding their comp plan. It could be many things. But and it's understanding those specific needs and the expectation of what we do is so critical inside of the sales process, specifically because depending on how your pipeline works, many times what follows that needs analysis, right? What, what follows that needs discovery is your proposal, right? And if you have accurate documentation of the exact needs and the expectations of clients, I mean, just imagine that proposal that you're going to be able to create for this person. You're going to be able to really craft a proposal that's going to allow for your whole sale to potentially just be made right there in that proposal. So I wanted to walk you guys through a few things that and a few, you know, basically tips that and tricks that I use here and that I should say, not even me, but like Anna and our sales team here utilizes to help make sure that not only are we collecting the needs of our clients, but we're also confirming that these are the real needs of their organization that are going to really impact and drive their business forward. So one of the things that I like to do a lot is, is you know, and, and I tell Anna this all the time, you know, if, if you really are on your game, many times the needs and the expectations will probably be collected in your presentation, right? Because many t- in, in our pipeline, at least, is, is that we'll usually have done a presentation potentially even before the needs have been collected. Uh, and a lot of this just has to do with how our sales cycles work. But in that presentation, you know, a lot of it's collaborative presentation. It's a conversation. So we can collect that in there. But we still need to confirm it. First few tips I want to go through with you is how to confirm those needs that you might have collected in conversations, pitches, et cetera, that you might have already had with your client. One of the first one is, is what I love to do is, is reach out to the head of sales and set up a call to review all the needs that you've documented in either the meeting or conversations you've had prior. And specifically ask, and, and when you're reaching out, tell them, say, you know, Mike or Nick or Adam or Chris or Christina, whoever, right? You know, hey, I wanted to see if I can get a 10 minute call with you to set up because I wanted to review the needs that I've collected for your organization prior to sending you guys the proposal for services you've asked for, because I really value your input on these to ensure that we have the accurate needs collected and expectations from your business. Why this? Why do this, right? Why add this extra step to the whole process and potentially slow your deal down? I feel it. I get it, guys. I I was there. I was a sales guy for long enough, right? Still kind of am. And, you know, but what I will tell you is by doing this, you do two things. One, you're going to score some mass brownie points with the head of sales or the head of, sorry, whatever department or division you're selling to. Basically, it's understand we sell to heads of sales. So when I say VP of sales, that's why I said that. You know, but whoever the head is, if it's VP of IT, VP of software, if it's director, if it's manager, whoever you're selling to, right? Reach out to them. And you're specifically looking to reach out to the person who's going to basically be your day-to-day contact if this deal goes through. Now, one word of caution is before you reach out to this person, and ask their opinion and ask for their input because you, you know, 
appreciate it so much. If you're working with a person, so if your buyer or if your primary contact is above them, so let's, for instance, ours in our case, right? Our VP of sales is typically going to be our day-to-day contact as we proceed with our contracts. But many times we are actually working directly with the CEO. What I will tell you is, is the <laughs> take us from the school of hard knocks here <laughs> is that the last thing you want to do is be going to a subordinate of someone like a CEO. So you don't want to go to their VPs without their blessing, right? So if you are working with like a CEO, CTO, CFO, CIO, EIEIAO, right? Make sure you ask their permission before you go to one of their direct reports to ask for something like this. A, it's common courtesy. B, it's really going to show that you understand the pecking order inside of this business. I really can't stress that enough. Please trust me. I've done the inverse um, and it really came back to bit me in the ass. I, I ended up losing a contract over it and just a uh, long story, but it was just, don't do it. <laughs> Ask permission. It takes two seconds and, and they almost always say yes. I mean, the only time they'll say no is if they don't want that person to know about the what they're working on. And in that case, you know, you might want to start asking questions about why that is. You know, are they letting them go as a result or whatever? But you should at least know the lay of the land there. Now, if you do get the blessing and or you don't need the blessing, you know, reach out to that person. And again, like I said, you're going to score huge, huge brownie points with this person because it's showing that A, you understand that they are going to be your day-to-day contact, but B, that you respect their opinion so much so that you wanted to make sure that you get it before you sent this proposal over. And I will tell you, On those calls, I have sometimes gotten the best intelligence on how to close my deal that I could ever ask for. That is usually when a person will start to kind of open the kimono and start telling you about what is it going to take for you to get this deal done. Because many times, the respect that they'll have for you for making that call will be so great, they're going to basically, you've basically closed them on that call. Now you just got to get it done. Once you have that call, what I will tell you, there's another step you need to make sure you do. And this is what's important too is is do not, I repeat, do not just send an email with all these needs and be like, hey, does this look right? No, you just you just totally almost either killed your deal or just you just lost all this great opportunity you had to get your deal like closer to closing. Don't do that. Make a phone call, get on the phone, go to their office, whatever the case get them live. Then after you talk to them, then you recap in an email. (laughs) Remember guys, email is not really a form of like two-way like communication. You know, it's not a conversation. Email is great for recap. It's, that's what it's meant for. It's like, it's just like, you know, sending a document, right? Document is a recap of conversations that occurred. That is what email is. Don't misuse it. So once you have your conversation, though, it is important. Recap that conversation in writing. Send it to that person as well, as well as your buyer, and copy them on it and say, you know, basically, per our conversation we had over the phone today, here are all the needs and that, you know, you and I agreed to is saying that this is what your business needs. And here's the expectations you have of our organization if and when we engage. Can you just please confirm with this that I have everything collected here and that's all accurate? It's that simple. And you're going to get a yes or no. Now, what I will tell you is this, is at this point, you're pretty well golden. You know, if you get the yes, you're great. Take it, run with it, build your proposal, make sure you layer it all in there. You're golden. Now, 
This is, of course, all assuming that you had were able to basically, A, have a presentation or a meeting with these people, and you were able to collect all these needs and expectations prior. What happens if you haven't? Well, here's what goes on then. You got a lot of work ahead of you, to be honest with you, but it's not tolerable, right? What you need to do here is this, is you now need to dig back through your notes. Look, and, and if you're not a note taker and you're in sales, you're not in sales, Salespeople are note takers, right? We have to be. Because if you are sitting and you're talking with someone, you're never going to remember the key points of the conversation. You might remember a few random facts here and there, but the ability to take notes is what makes salespeople salespeople. We are constant students who take crazy notes so we never forget anything because in those notes are the golden nuggets that lead us to our closing of our deals, right? So again, I'm sorry, I'm digressing and I know I do it all over the place, but listen, is if you haven't gotten the needs and expectations, you now need to build them. So what I typically do is this, and I've done this quite a few times, so I'm not I'm not perfect, like just like most people, right? I'd love to think I was, but I'm not, right? And I've missed it, right? I've been in a presentation, I got all excited, and I was moving, and things were going well, and I'm giving my awesome pitch, and things are going awesome, and I totally forget to ask the questions of like, you know, what are the needs of our services? I just keep on going, and I forget to ask about expectations, and I say goodbye, give them a hug, and I'm left holding the bag, right? So dig through those notes. Find whatever you can find and document them out and put the needs that you are seeing inside of your notes that you've basically kind of assumed that they're going to need. Also, set some standardized expectation that you've seen from other like clients and other like deals and now send it over to them. Send it to your buyer, send it to any influencer that might be involved in the deal and ask them to review it. And specifically, but now here's the key thing again, guys. Don't just send an email, right? Before you send the email, pick up the phone and say, hey, it's Mike with BizSprint. You got five minutes? I just need to recap something with you after our awesome meeting last yeah, yesterday, right? I realized in our meeting, we didn't get a chance to specifically go through the needs, you know, the specific needs of your company and the expectations you might have of our services if and when we engage. So what I want to just do is, is here's an email, click, should be on there now. Do you got it? Great. Can we just take two minutes to go through this? I just want to make sure I captured everything from my notes that are your actual needs as an organization and the expectations we have together. You will blow minds. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Whoever you're speaking to is literally just going to be like, holy crap. Like this company is for real. This is a real salesperson. This, because that's how salespeople function. If you don't know something, yes, we might assume it, but we always verify it. We always confirm it and we always go back to the source, but it also shows that you've been paying attention to the deal as it's progressed along. I will tell you, I've done this step numerous times and by doing it in this fashion, it has led me to more closings than I can count because this is where you show your humility of the fact of like, hey, I need to make sure I know all of this from you. And did I listen to you appropriately? Did I hear what you were saying? And if I didn't, please educate me on what I missed so I can correct it. And that humility and showing and that vulnerability is what will allow for you to build closer bonds with your prospects and get them closer to selling. 
Now, what do we do with all this, right? That's always the big question I've always been asked a lot of. And, I, and I've started to allude to this here just a moment ago, which is just because we have all the needs right now, like how do we leverage this to get our deals done, right? In our sales pipeline, what we would normally do is, is we'd take this and this is what would craft our proposal. Now, so many times I see these crappy proposals come over from salespeople. I get them all day long. And I will tell you, A, I'm sick of them. B, they're so bad. Like I just started wondering, I just wondered to myself, like when in what day did someone decide that like, oh, hey, I'm going to do a boilerplate proposal and I'm just going to send it to everyone because that's going to be best sales practice. It sucks. I hate it. Like seriously, like when did like all connection with a buyer get totally lost? Come on. Take 30 seconds. Make this thing a little bit unique about me. Can't you add some flair to this thing? It's so bad. So bad. So my rule number one on this is, A, don't send a stock proposal. If you send me a stock proposal, unless I really need your services, I'm going to throw it back in your face. Because I'm going to be like, did you even, did, did we meet? Like, hi, I'm Mike McMillan. I'm CEO of BizSprints. Have we met? Seriously? We just, we've done four meetings together. Do you know who I am? Like, come on. Make it personal, right? Take the time with this thing. Your proposal should be a derivative of those needs analysis. That's why I'm stressing on this so much, guys. Like this is why I'm pushing you on this is because if you use that as, think of this as like basically the framework for your proposal, you are gonna now tell an amazing story to your prospect because you're not gonna just now show that you heard what their needs are. You're now gonna be able to also craft a proposal specific to those needs and build the expectations from those as well and show that you've understood exactly what they need to have done and present it all in a concise package that they can now take and make actionable decisions from guys. Like I just really cannot stress to you enough, like do not just send crap. I mean, like don't send these stock proposal things, just get it unique and take it to that next level. It's not hard. It seriously takes maybe five or 10 minutes to add just some understanding of the client into those proposals and just make it specific to them. Another lesson here, which is similar to what I said in those needs. Don't send a proposal blind. What I mean by that, I can't even count literally how many salespeople I watch make this horrible mistake every single day. They talk to their customer. The customer says, hey, I love it. Send me the proposal. Let me look it over and I'll try to get it approved right away. And what do they do? They fire open their email and they send a proposal right away, just like the client asked. And then they pray that it comes back. Are you insane? Like, who does that? Like, seriously? Like, if you're going to build a proposal, A, and at least if you took the time to at least do what I just said, right, and at least make it unique, you should... Now present this to them, right? Pick up the phone and call your prospect. Like, come on, people. This is craziness. Not picking up the phone and presenting your proposal is literally like a woman getting a ring and the guy not being down there on his knee to present it. It's insane. Guys, a proposal and a presentation go hand in hand. If you're going to send a proposal, you must be there on your knee asking for the hand in marriage, right? You must be a part of it because 
If you don't present it, how are you going to know their initial reactions to it? How are you going to know if they actually think that you're out of your mind because of your rate? Or maybe your rate was fine, but like they just completely do not understand your intake procedure or they don't understand why your product only comes in purple and not in fuchsia. I think those are two different colors, whatever. But you know, it's why, why? And that's what you're there to answer, right? You're there to make sure that when you're customer says, or sorry, your prospect says why, you can answer the why and make sure that you're continuing to push them towards closing, right? Every single time a person asks why, and there's not some type of answer there of even, well, let me look into that and I'll find out for you. That is what makes deals happen, ladies and gentlemen. When you're not there and your proposal just sits on an email, I don't care how beautiful, I don't care how detailed, and I don't even care how unique it is. If you are not there with it, either in person or over the phone, you pretty much just shot your deal of making that sale. And even if you do make it, I can almost guarantee you there's been some expectations now set inside that proposal that you're not aware of. And your ops team is going to miss on and you're going to end up with a pissed off client. Never Never, 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 I'll say it one more time, never (laughs) send a proposal without a phone call. It is so incredibly important that those two things ship together, guys. I just really can't stress it enough. So to wrap all this thing up here, guys, I want to leave you with this, right? Is that, you know, as you can kind of hear from this is just that, you know, you're in sales, right? Make sure you're listening to your customer carefully document what they're telling you even more carefully. You know, the reason CRMs are so powerful are because of the information that's put into it. But yet I still see so many sales professionals who don't leverage this amazing tool that they have in front of them. If your company doesn't have a CRM, who cares? Go get Google Docs. It's free, right? And just document it there. Open Excel, whatever. Just put your notes down and don't lose them. Because I will tell you, those notes are mission critical to your ability to close a deal. Number two, when you do get your needs and expectations from a client, A, and I didn't really mention this too much, but make sure you're vetting them. Take them to your ops team, take them to your implementations, project management team, whoever that might be, and make sure you show them and be like, and just ask the question, just show the humility, be like, guys, can we do this? And if they say no, you know, don't be afraid. I mean, of course, you know, we're in sales. Push them a little bit. Be like, okay, is this uncomfortable to do or can we really do it, right? You know, no is not always a good answer salespeople should ever take, right? Always push them. But if they really say no, be like, okay, then what expectations should we be setting to make sure that the client is happy and successful? And capture that and really and be honest with them and just go back to your client because I will tell you, your client will respect showing that vulnerability. And then the final piece here, guys, is take the time with the proposal and make sure it's unique. Make sure it's custom to specifically the needs that they've shared with you. You spent time with this person. Give them the respect in which they're due to give them a unique proposal built around them. And then finally, I'm sorry, I'm giving you two finalies, but finally, finally, get on the horn and or go get your butt out of your chair and get over to your client and deliver that thing, that proposal in person or over the phone. 
never ship the proposal without a voice behind it. That thing must be presented. I don't care what your client says to you. Never ship a proposal without a phone call or being there in person. You are lowering your odds of conversion exponentially when you don't do that. Well, guys, with all that said, I wish you nothing but success and prosperity. Take these tips and tricks, see what you could do with them. I'm telling you, if you just follow these two stages in your guys' pipelines, you're going to see some massive impact into your ability to move and move stages on your deals literally tomorrow. And remember, guys, at the end of the day, sales is all about moving a deal from one stage to the next. If you just do that and you focus in on that, you're going to see a lot more success every single day. So guys, to your success and prosperity, this is Michael McMillan. Thank you so much for another week of Biz Sprints. We look forward to chatting with you again soon. We'll conclude this evening's entertainment. Thank you for listening to Biz Sprints Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it.